The Money Show. Other People's Money. On to other people's money this evening, Kaiser Khanyaho is with us this evening. He is nowadays the spokesperson for the SIU, the Special Investigating Unit. He was long the head of communication for the SABC. He's been in his current job for three years. SABC, I think he got to his teens. And before that, he was at the Department of Justice. Has it been a, an entire career, Kaiser, in the public service? Good evening. There he is. I hear life. I hear life. I hear life. Um, Kaiser, has your entire career been uh, in the public service? Good evening. Good evening, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, uh, the, the, my entire life has been in the public service. I was a teacher at the time. And then after that, I then went into communication. There were a few years in between where I went into private sector in the publishing industry where we were publishing books, and then I went back into public service. But you've had a long career in the public sector, which means that for the first time ever, we've got somebody on other people's money who's actually got a guaranteed pension um, because uh, courtesy of the the Public Investment Corporation, of course, and um, I'm assuming you're automatically enrolled into a government pension scheme, aren't you? And uh, at the moment, no. Not? Because I was on the SABC... I've just got back into into it now, but I am sort of retired as I speak to you because I retired from the SABC. Oh, okay. All right. Did you outlast Cloudy or did Cloudy outlast you? Who won that race? He left before me. <laughs> I left in November 20, 2018 and he had left by that time. It must have been wild. I mean, can you talk about it now, Kaiser, in terms of being the representative <laughs> of an organization with a chief executive or with a chief operating officer who has gone completely off-piste, who is behaving in a way uh, where there is absolutely Bruce, no governance? I mean, it, it must have been insane. I'm still thinking about writing a book. Wait for that moment. Nobody will believe I've it. Because I've got a lot of stories. Nobody will believe it. <laughs> I've got a lot of stories to tell. I've been a spokesperson for almost 14 years and I've gone through 10 bots and almost 10 or 11 CEOs. How was, I mean, were you just holding on, hoping things would get better? I mean, for seriously, I mean, lots of people get stuck in jobs that they, I mean, maybe you loved it. I don't know. Maybe you like the world of adrenaline. Um, but it, you know, what, what, did you just hope that one day it would get better and eventually you just had to go, you know what, I'm retiring. I'm out of here. It's 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 a crazy uh, place. I was just doing my work. No, I was just doing my work. Uh, you, you must understand, as a communicator, you've got to do your work. It is not... So much of your responsibility to be questioning decisions, you then need a lot of time to understand them and where they come from and communicate them. Therefore, for me, I was focusing on doing my job. I wasn't worried about who was in charge at that particular point. I will support you when you are in charge and we take it from there. And your own personal integrity and your own sort of personal brand, if you like, because you've always been somebody who has been uh, regarded as somebody with a strong level of, of personal integrity. Um, you know, did you have to push back sometimes against some of those leaders, some of those boards to say, no, we're not going to tell it like that because of, I don't know, X, Y and Z. It's against the law. It's uh, it's not principled. It's not moral. I don't know where you would draw the line. But um, uh, did you have to push back in that career against it or do you just... 
You are the messenger, and off you go and deliver the message. No, that's not what the communicator does. Uh, uh, what people don't know, they only see you when you are out there speaking, but what they don't know is you sit in board meetings, you sit in ex-committings, and when decisions are made, you have got to give your advice in terms of communication. You are able to say, this cannot be this way, this cannot be that way. And that way, you are able to deal with those issues before they come to the public space. By the time they come to the public space, I've said whatever I wanted to say. I've, I've disagreed with whatever certain things that they would have loved me to say. I would, I would have done that by that time. Have you ever said, no, I will not represent you in that fashion? Were you ever put under pressure and told, you need to lie for me? You need to tell this version of events and gone, no, terribly sorry, but I can't do that for you. <laughs> not necessarily in that way, but I've been able to say in a professional manner, this is not how it can be done and these are the consequences. And then they, in most of the instances, they had to understand because... I'm the one who has got to go out there. I've got to be convinced that whatever we're going to say is something that we need to say. But you need to understand also as a communicator, it is your job to communicate the messages of the organization, whether you like them or you don't. And, and that's always difficult, I suppose, and everybody has their tolerance levels for what they will and, and will not do. What drew you to the Special Investigating Unit? Because that's what a job that you've nearly been in for three years. You say you retired from the SABC. Um, clearly, you saw this as a, a second opportunity. Yes, I retired from the SABC and I stayed home for a little while, just, just thinking and then looking forward at what I need to do. And... Uh, then later on, I then uh, the post became available, and and they, I was asked to to apply, which I did, and then then I got the job, and and because at the time, I saw it as a challenge because uh, when I got appointed, the first thing they said to me was, "Listen, you need the SIU is doing so much work, but nobody knows what they are doing. It is the responsibility that we give to you." And I said, okay, challenge accepted. And I did that and I moved forward. And that's what I then was focused on doing. And I hope I've done a, a good job in it. You haven't had a dull moment, have you? I mean, talk about landing in a job at precisely the right time. It is, I think, the professional communicator's dream job, almost, because you, you start with a blank slate. Um, you're doing a, a job of work which most sensible South Africans would support and and would most certainly, I think, the biggest criticism would, would want faster action. Um, but I, I think, you know, you're in a, in a good space. No, I'm, very, I'm definitely in a good space because for me, it was a good challenge and I've got a boss that really supports me a lot, Advocate Mutibi. He gave me a lot of support. He said to me, you'll get whatever you need. All that you need to do is put us out there. And I remember when, when the, I got the job, I think it was in October 2019, and they wanted me to start on the 1st of November. And I said to him, but can I, it's this long week, it's, it's uh, Christmas periods and whatever people are relaxing, can I start in January? And then he said, no, I want you to start now. And I, <laughs> I got appointed at end of October and I started the 1st of November. Um, that's a, a, a very sharp turnaround. Now, you've got some young people in the background who maybe need a little request to say, could you turn it, tone it down just a little bit? I'm going to give you a moment to do precisely that. Unfortunately, I'm at the hotel 
Oh, it's other people's away. children. I'm at the hotel. Yeah, other people's children, and I'm, I'm in Burundi now, in, in oh, Bujumbura. You don't want to upset people in Burundi, but we do need to pause for a moment, Kaiser Ghanyahu. Now we have context. We understand your, your current circumstances. But back with you in a moment where we get to talk about the nitty-gritty, about the money, about how somebody who's worked most of their career in the public sector thinks about money and how they prepare for a retirement at some point in the future and think about the future when it comes to money. The SIU spokesperson, Kaiser Ghanyahu, XS. The Money Show. Other people's money. So, Kaiser Hanyaho spent much of his career in the public service. I wonder, Kaiser Hanyaho, the SIU spokesperson on the line to us from Burundi, uh, the noisy people in the background have no direct links to him. He is in a hotel, so don't shout at him. Um, the, um, the, the thinking when it comes to the future, when it comes to money working in the public sector, how have you dealt with that? Have you been happy for the public sector to look after you in your old age or have you embarked on your own thinking when it comes to money? No, th- definitely I, I had to do both because when when I was in public service, I was on the pension fund of public service. And then when I left for, for the SABC, then obviously I had to move that to the SABC so that I'm able to then put it in the SABC pension fund because it's different from from what we have with, with government. And then that is what I retired from uh, in 2018. And then I then had to start, when, when I started at the SIU, to start uh, afresh and then build from, from there while I'm on retirement on the other side. Um, and so have you uh, sort of done private sector investing? Have you done your own unit trust investing? Have you got a reti- private retirement annuity? How have you gone about it? Through, purely through public investments or um, have you gone private as well? Yeah, there are some private uh, transactions that I had to do, uh, staying in a household where you've got a brother who's the governor of the Reserve Bank. You it's kind of important, isn't it? Yeah, and, he, and he's been our guest as no, well. I didn't, I didn't realize you were brothers. That make, that's, uh, that's very interesting. I mean, he's very pedantic. He's a bit of a pain in that respect, isn't he? Quite bossy. Uh, not definitely. He, he will, every time he sees you, he wants to check. How far are you with certain <laughs> things? And and you have got no way of, of saying no to that uh, because he will show you. He will say, this is where things are going. And then you will clearly see that. And that, that's something that you cannot run away from in, in our position. No, oh, and you must be pretty proud of him. I mean, as governor of the Reserve Bank, he's in his second term as governor of the Reserve Bank, a former DG of National Treasury. He's an absolute bastion of moral rectitude as well. And I guess something of a role model to you as well. No, definitely. I was telling him, I think, last two weeks ago, I was saying to him, it doesn't come many times for anyone to have a relative who signs money. And he laughed, laughed at it because he's the 10th <laughs> governor of the Reserve Bank. How many people will live their lifetime and never exactly. have anybody they know who signed money? No, exactly right. I mean, it must be exhausting, all of those banknotes. Now, do you, um, are, you are you allowed <laughs> with, a, with a, gov- a brother who is the governor of the Reserve Bank to have any bad money habits? I mean, do you spend money on expensive cars, expensive shoes, expensive hats? I don't know. Do you have any sort of naughty money habits that you, you know, wish you didn't have, but hey, they exist? Really clubby with shoes, for example. Um, we caught her out on that one. Uh, what are your small Indiana skeletons? 
<laughs> I don't know whether I'm allowed to have that, not only because of having a brother like him, but also with the kind of work that you do. Because when you are in the spotlight, everybody wants to focus on you. Therefore, you try and limit everything. And the, the best luck for me is that I don't drink and I don't smoke. Therefore, I don't spend money on those things. I spend money on maybe going away with family and and most of that. And, and I've got really, my, my household understands that for us, it is not about expensive cars and expensive things. It's about making sure that they've got a proper future. And and, and, and my, my daughter just graduated uh, uh, last month, uh, early this month, and and I'm saying, go on until you can, because money will, will be made available for you to have a, a good future. And they being in the public eye, particularly when you've got a, a role like yours, I mean, you can't have your reputation called into question ever, even if you could afford a Breitling watch or a Louis Vuitton pair of shoes or whatever the case would be. You you can't have people taking pictures of yourself you know, with those accessories simply because people will immediately go, oh, where did he get it from, and why is he wearing it, and why is That's, he showing off his wealth? I mean, it's a there's important signals that we all send all the time, don't we? No, definitely you you can't do that, especially now where there's a you where most of the people that we some or not most some of the people investigating are there because of exactly that they got the money from government illegally and they went and did a show of bought cars and showed them on social media and all of that. I can't do that. Uh, for me, it's something that comes in the, with the territory. But also when I was growing up, my father is uh, that kind of a person who was very clear from the word go to say, make sure that you look after the money. And when we got married, the first thing that he said to us is, make sure that you and your wife talk money together and plan together around the money issues. And he said to my sisters, listen here, prepare your life as if there won't be any man that will marry you. Be sustainable on your own and the man that comes will just be a bonus. And I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a deeply wise and empowering perspective to have because so many people you know, be, believe that they can be dependent and behave like dependents. And when things go wrong, uh, because so often in relationships, people don't know where the money comes from um, and get caught short and um, are, are left in some cases destitute in, in, in many regards. And it, it's devastating, of course, as well. Those lessons that you got from your dad, have you passed those on with the same level of vigor? Um, or do you leave that up to your brother to do, um, to be the, the, the grumpy uncle at Christmas time? Not necessarily. I do that myself because I <laughs> want them to understand the value of it. I want them to understand that one point in time I won't be available and they need to understand what to do going forward. And that for me is very important and that is what makes give me sleepless nights. To, for if when I see them, when we because we we have raised them in a situation where we give them an allowance at the beginning of the month, you must then learn to live with that allowance for the whole month, like we do with our salaries. Are you generous with that allowance, or is it in, enough to come get by but not enough to get into trouble? Because I think that's a, a, an important yes, thing. <laughs> no, definitely, we 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 are not. I, I can say we are not generous because we've got many other things to do. But we make sure the, the idea behind it 
little as it might be, is to say, this is what you get and you've got to plan your life around it. Make sure you don't go over. Here and there when they get over and for a good reason we can add here and there, but generally they need to know that this is it. If you finish it in the first week, you are done for the remainder of the three weeks. Fabulous. Kaiser Khanyaho, thank you so much. Spokesperson for the SIU, other people's money this evening, a little bit about the governor. We didn't get time to talk about Lerato, the niece, at the other radio station, but that's fine. Um, but uh, Kaiser, thank you very much. On the line to us from Burundi this evening, talking about money and values and how you instill those values across generations.